0: Welcome back to Christmas in Qatar, it's once again your host Jack Hartley, and I would like to introduce you to our next group, a group of historical success, uh, potential, firepower, uh, and what many are calling the group of death at this World Cup, a group of real quality where any team could make it out, and once you make it out, make a real run. It's going to be an exciting one to watch for sure. It's going to be one uh, that casuals and football diehards will appreciate likewise. So let's let's dive in. Let's dive in with the favorites of this group. This group, again, consisting, just to remind you, of Spain, uh, Germany, Japan, and Costa Rica. Uh, All four very competent sides, sides that have made runs at World Cups before and are ready to do so again. But... The favorites in this group, in my opinion, despite the German resurgence after their very poor showing at the last World Cup, is still Spain. Spain have to be favored to win this group because of their sheer quality, their ability, their prowess, their everything that you want to see from a proper World Cup side. And they've released pro- their uh, provisional squad today. Uh, one of the few teams that has actually publicly given us that information and a very interesting footnote in it is perhaps leaving their best keeper off their time, off their team. Five keepers are on the provisional, provisional squad, pardon me, and none of them are stalwart David De Gea. David De Gea is an institution of Spanish football over the last few decades. A player who Spain have relied on in countless situations to provide those big moments and big saves But, no longer. Roberto Martinez has said that he no longer has a role in the team. No longer has his place among the Spanish goalkeeping hierarchy. And you know, when you look at the talent around him, he may have just aged out. Because there is a lot of talent around him. Premier League keepers, uh, La Liga keepers, solid players who... I don't think anyone should be ashamed to lose to in a in a tough battle for positions. But the starter will likely be uh, Unai Simon, Sevilla's uh, goalkeeper, someone uh, linked countless times with a move abroad, someone who is surely going to be a candidate in this upcoming winter window in the Premier League or maybe even the Bundesliga if other teams are challenging to shore up uh, a team's defense. Someone who ha- certainly has the ability to do that, certainly has the ability to initiate some sort of attack with proper long balls up. Uh, he's a keeper, very good with his feet, as all keepers have to be today. And someone who I think every fan would love to have on their team. And he'll be playing behind the, the defense, very solid defense. I'm Eric Laporte, uh, Pau Torres, Sergio Reguilon, just to name some. Uh, Daniel Calvary Hall. And I think the most uh, interesting player out of this bunch is Chelsea's Mark Cucurea. Cucurea has just really fallen out of favor with Graham Potter, which is a very interesting development, considering that he was the only player who came from Brighton with Potter, before Potter, actually. Chelsea spent $80 million to acquire him then got the manager who made him into the great player that he is today, and he's sitting on the bench. It'll be interesting to see what Spain thinks of that, Uh, whether he's deserving of minutes at this World Cup after maybe not getting the kind of run that you're expecting out of a high-value player at a major Premier League club. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, There's certainly the quality around him to save Spanish fans from some of that excess worry. And then you move into the midfield and the attack, and you just see a real revolution in Spanish attacking that has happened in the last four or five years. You've got such amazing young players, Ansu Fati, Pedri, uh, Gerard Moreno, who's surely going to move on soon. Uh, Marcos Llorente remains in the team, Rodri remains in the team, and then that catalyst in the center, center of the pitch is probably the best man at this job in the entire world, Sergio Busquets, um, who has been linked to a move away from Spain. Someone who maybe could uh, end up in the midfield of a, an MLS side with money to spend, an LAFC maybe, or a, maybe a Toronto FC. And it's good for him, right? Uh, go get that paycheck, but I think he really has a lot to offer still to the Spanish national team, and I don't think he'll be played out of his spot quite yet. He's not ready to give it up. I think he, he wants that second World Cup in his career, and honestly, he deserves it. So just that, that, that attack in front of Busquets, the players who Busquets is going to be feeding, are, he has plentiful options. Let's just say that. He has so many options at his disposal that Spanish fans are just spoiled. But one of those options that that is really just an amazing, amazing player is uh, uh, Cristiano Signo de Césped Politico. Signo de Césped Politico is a player of great uh, potential, but he's already of great ability, even at the age of 14. He's a player who uh, is likely going to become the youngest player to ever represent a team at the World Cup, uh, but a player of power strength but even despite his diminutive size and he's from what i've heard quite the trash talker as well so that's something to keep an eye on maybe he could get under the skin of a major rival for spain in this group who's going to be germany germany is a very interesting team of course crashing out in the group stage at the last world cup feeling some of that world cup winner hangover after they won in 2014 but after the the firing of Joachim Love, I think you're seeing a resurgence with this German side. And it's something that many of these teams are going to have to be shaking in their boots when they play Germany. Because it starts out of the back. It starts out of the back. We were just talking about Spanish keeping. German keeping is on another level. You've got Marc-Andre Tristegen, paired with Manuel Neuer, and that's as good of a, a one-two punch you can have. If one is not playing up to their ability, that'll be a pretty quick hook, you have to imagine. They'll be taken out in short order because they have such a good option waiting on the bench just behind them, whoever ends up starting. But, of course, with Germany, there are many games that those just simply don't matter because your keepers aren't going to be touching the ball. If you have such great defense in front of them, players like Antonio Rüdiger, who is maybe the best center back in the entire world right now. Rüdiger is just such a, a strong player, someone who is capable of winning every duel that he enters and isn't afraid to enter any of those duels. And then he'll be paired with likely a, a Bayern, uh, or rather Bayern, a uh, Borussia Dortmund pairing of Niklas Schuller and Nico Schlotterbeck, who of course have that, that pairing, that, that chemistry, that you're looking for out of a pairing in your your back three. And they're two players who are going to keep the ball out of the net. Maybe they're not of the quality that you've seen for Germany in some of these past few decades, but they're going to provide everything that this team needs considering the talent that they have in front of them. When you've got players like Joshua Kimmich or Jamal Musiala, Kai Havertz, Thomas Müller, Leon Goretzka, like it just doesn't end. Uh, Leroy Sané, a player who should have won the the golden boot by some estimates this year, even at the young age of 22. I.K. Gundwan, even playing at the best club in the world, scoring goals on the regular, may not make it into this team because Germany just has so many options. Timo Werner, Marco Reus. I mean, these are players who would start on just about every other team. But on Germany, they're going to be in battles for positions. It's, it's quite crazy to think that Germany is going to be struggling to make these decisions when they have so much talent available to them. Of course, the one player whose job isn't in jeopardy is a Tobias Etwas Kaput. Etwas Kaput is just a, a player of immense talent, immense ability, immense... Uh, I think just using the word immense to describe him is enough because there's so much there to describe. Because Etwas Kaput is a player who is going to provide everything that your team is looking for out of your attack. He's going to be a player that just sees the field so well in front of him that he's going to have the ability to regularly put the ball in the net. And that's all you're looking for from your attacker. Regularly put the ball in that net. And after all this, you might think, uh, gosh, those are two pretty darn good teams in in Spain and Germany. How could a team possibly top them? How could a team expect to advance out of this group? And I would say, yes, it's a valid point, but have you seen the talent behind them? Have you seen Japan? Have you seen Costa Rica? Because those are two very solid teams. And after this break, I'm going to show you exactly how and why. A word from today's sponsor Uh, Fubo TV, once again, the best service that you can possibly have to serve all of your footballing needs this season, Premier League action, Ligue 1 action, Serie A, everything that you're going to need to follow your Canadians abroad this year, to follow the best players in the world, the best leagues, the best teams, everything you want to see in the footballing world, you can see on Fubo TV. And that's why we have an offer for you too offer for you today. Uh, Christmas in Qatar is the promo code. It will give you a free month on FuboTV. CIQ, Christmas in Qatar. And you'll get that free month available to you. Try out the service. You're going to love it. You're going to pay for it. And remember to leave in the comments that we sent you. Let them know because this is how we make money. Welcome back to the show. Uh, We talked, of course, about two of the favorites of the group, not only, but also two favorites of the tournament, Spain and Germany. But now it's time to move on to my favorite underdog of the tournament. And you've heard me talk glowingly about two teams specifically in Tunisia and and Ecuador, who I think are very, very underrated. But this team might even be that to a greater extent. That's Japan. What a side Japan are, eh? Japan have the ability to control play out of the back in a way that makes even the best teams worried because they don't play like that typical underdog that is going to try and grind out games at this tournament. They aren't going to play, you know, scared football. They're not going to be a team that backs down from their opponents because they just have the capability to play better than that even though nobody thinks they are. You've got, you've got Daniel Schmidt in goal. What a player Daniel Schmidt is. You've got uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu starting for Arsenal. Arsenal winning the Premier League. Arsenal, what a team Arsenal are this year. And a lot of that's down to Japanese-born Takahiro Tomiyasu. Very solid player at the back. Someone who is going to be a, a player at this tournament that if you're not watching the Premier League... You're going to notice him now, and you're going to be wondering how your team missed out on such a wonderful talent. Of course, also from uh, from Verder Bremen, Koikatora, Hiroko Ito, solid pairing. But the defense is not where this team is planning to win games. I think that's why they're so different than the other underdogs in this tournament. Excuse me. Uh, they're where they're going to win games is by possessing the ball in the middle of the pitch because their midfield is of such quality. You've got uh, Takumi Minamino, who of course was at Liverpool for many years and is a player of perhaps the highest IQ in this entire tournament. I think that's why Japan are maybe not seen in the light they should be is because people just don't rate IQ high enough in the, in the game of football. You've got uh, Daichi Kamada, very solid player. Very solid player. You've got you've got guys all around this team that when you have take a look at the team as a whole, you start realizing like holy shit, they have a ton of talent. Where did this come from? How did I not see this right in front of me all along? Why wasn't I I thinking of Japan as one of the premier footballing nations outside of Europe? You know, you think Argentina, you think Brazil, maybe you take a look at the United States, Senegal, Egypt, I don't know what you're looking at. Japan has the best chance to come out of Asia of anyone that we've seen in the past five, six World Cups. I think you saw it against some of the the premier non-European talent in the Americans. Crushed the Americans, 2-0. Americans couldn't get a shot against them. Japan controlled play. One on the counterattacks, but also tried to win on just normal attacks, breaking through a, a back line of the United States that has shown little weakness, to be honest, but Japan had no problem. Beat them resoundingly. Everything you're looking for, Japan can provide. And the player in Japan that can provide that most is, of course, Takumi Kogeshito Matsu no Mi. Matsu no mi is a player who is everything you're looking for because Kogoshita Matsu no Mi is a player who provides that surprise element in this Japan attack, right? That player who, you know, you're, you're Virgil van Dyke, you're playing at the back, you think you got your man marked, you got a massive size advantage on this Japanese squad, and then suddenly the ball's in the back of the net. Minamino just sent a ball in and Kogashita Matsunomi stuck behind you like a samurai that he is. And the ball's in the net. And suddenly you're down 1-0. Japan have the ability to close you out and hold possession away from you. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's how Japan's going to get points at this tournament. And why I think Japan is going to be the first team that I actually predict as an underdog to get out of their group. I think Japan finishes second in this group. Now, am I sure whose expense that's going to be yet? Could it be Spain? Yeah. Could it be Germany? Yeah. It's probably going to be Germany. But I think Japan finds a way to get the five points necessary to advance out of this group. And they're going to surprise some people, maybe even the knockout stages. We'll see. And now moving on to the last team in this group. Maybe more of your traditional uh, outsider, traditional underdog very concacaf team, to make that into a adjective tip, is Costa Rica, a team who is not afraid to play a dirty brand of football, a team who's not afraid to you know, pick up those yellow cards, pick up uh, a massive accumulation of fouls, and that's just how they're going to win. They're going to play very compact football. They're going to let you work the ball around the outside and win every aerial duel they can. Now, is that, I think, a cohesive, competent strategy at this World Cup? I don't think it is, especially against the likes of of Germany, Spain, and Japan, teams who have the finishing ability to take the chances that you give them because Costa Rica isn't honestly good enough to hold a team without a single chance. And I just think that Germany and Spain and and Japan are going to have the ability to take advantage of that, especially with an honestly weakened Kaylor Navas at the back because Navas is just not the player that he once was, the player whom many saw as the MVP of a World Cup at one stage. Of course, now playing for PSG, but lost that step, that burst, that you want to see on the, some of the absolutely amazing saves he's made out of his career. But also, he's playing in front of, or behind, rather, a very different team. You got Francisco Calvo, Ronald Matarita, Joseph Mora it's essentially an MLS squad at this point. You've got some of the better players in MLS, to be fair, but a team that isn't going to be able to have the ability to beat a behemoth like Germany or Spain. Joel Campbell, of course, is a very well-known player. I'm sure you all know him from past World Cups. But like Navas, past his prime, and Costa Rica hasn't shown the ability to replace him. So Costa Rica is going to have a very tough time scoring. They're, They're a lot like Australia, in the last group, maybe a little more refined. They're going to have a better ability to keep their opponents off the score sheet. But they don't have the firepower to advance at this tournament unless they get a, a brilliant performance from someone. And I think that that potential star man could be uh, Juan Entradas york Unida. Entradas york Unida are, or rather is a player of great quality, that I think Costa Rica could really rely on to advance further in this World Cup. Because you see, you hear stories out of Costa Rica, you know. You've got players getting injured with cleats in the shins. You get players who are being clotheslined by defenders. And I think Antradas York Unida is going to be a player who can surprise these players who have been playing in in Germany, France, England, by just the that old-school, rough football that that you're going to see. He's, if I had to bet on someone to get a, re, a red card at this tournament, it would be Entradas York Unida, because he is just a player with that red mist running all the way through him. So that's the group. Uh, perhaps my most surprising pick of the group, Yeah, the potential group of death, sees a major team getting knocked out. I think that's going to be Germany. I just think that's going to be Germany. Because they have depth, which once again, as I've said previously on this podcast, is just not of value at the World Cup always. It's not always something that you're looking to, to, to actually succeed in tournament football because you don't have that same grind that's going to knock out your better players. You're going to have great players just sitting on the bench for Germany and they can't do anything to help them. And Japan is going to be able to exploit that. They're going to be able to hit them on the counterattack where necessary. But I think Japan simply has the quality to work their way through the German midfield and around a defense for Germany that maybe isn't what it's always made out to be. So Spain are likely going to win the group. I would favor them to, you know, pick up seven, maybe nine points. But Japan will be behind them. I'd say five points for Japan, four points for, for Germany, maybe three. And that's all all you're going to see. Germany, with a uh, recent history of underperforming in the World Cups, I could see it happening again. I absolutely could. So that's the podcast. Thank you for listening. Once again, reminder, five-star reviews. We love them here. Uh, Please like, share the podcast, send it to your friends. We would love to grow further and spread the message of football to the entire world. Thank you.